I'm Cheryl Lyon. I live in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. And I am simply a volunteer with our local chapter of Transition Town called Transition Town Peterborough. I try to do uh, anything uh, that I have time for and where I'm needed. Uh, I don't have a title within the, in the organization. So can you give us a sort of uh, a potted history of Peterborough Transition? Our, our founder was uh, Fred Irwin. He took the transition training in Totnes, I believe, around 2006. He was for a while a kind of uh, single champion of the concept of transition um, before it got any kind of traction here. He's a very exuberant and personable person uh, with um, perhaps an odd uh, combination to the working in Transition Town. He came from a very high-level business background in Fortune 500 companies, international, American, and Canadian, and England. He started out with peak greens and also worked in the oil industry. And I think his enthusiasm for the, to the topic caught on with some people, and we formed a, a nucleus of Transition Town volunteers here. We are probably our highest profile initiative is around economic localization. Uh, right now, um, with a lot of emphasis on the local currency. But we also uh, uh, do a very um, successful third year, coming into our fourth year, uh, celebration of local culture called the Purple Onion Festival, which is kind of our most public event. And I could elaborate on all of those if you want. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, yeah, I mean, so of of the of the practical manifestations of of what you're doing, which are the ones that you feel have have gained the most traction and profile? Probably the two that I mentioned. Uh, this uh, annual celebration where we bring together our um, farmers and townspeople, local artisans, entertainers. Uh, complementary health practitioners um, and anyone with a, a, a kind of very local connection to uh, the local economy. Uh, we partnered with um, a new group this year called For Our Grandchildren and to hold uh, one of the largest rallies for Peterborough. Peterborough's population is about 76,000 in the city and about 130 if you count the surrounding county. And uh, we had almost 300 people at that rally to um, bring attention to climate change and the connection with our local food. Um, the city, uh, we have to go through a three-year process of granting, and this ties into the theme of resourcing and initiative. Um, and we got about a $3,000 grant from the city, and we're hoping to find out before the end of this month whether we get it again this year. Um, other than that, we don't have a lot of money. Uh, the festival itself, which is, uh, attracted uh, maybe 2,500 people, which is very good for our town, um, made a whopping profit of $10. <laughs> and and so the, the $3,000 you got from the from the city uh, authority, what was was that for anything specific? Uh, yes, yeah, uh, it was. Um, you know, I, I have to, I'd have to go and look at the application. This year it includes um, a banner, a couple of street banners, 
and uh, some other specific things for the, uh, the event. Uh, the grants are fairly specific. We also have, though, uh, a, a lot of in-kind donations, which we can count. So there were in-kind donations from many contributors. Uh, um, the local uh, Downtown Business Association, our um, Green Up uh, local um, organization, uh, and there's a, there's a long list of them. And so when so for the group, do you find that um, you you reach a stage where you feel that you need to bring in more financial resource to support what you do, or is that really not something that's that much of a concern? Is are you able to do everything you need to do just with goodwill and, and volunteer support? Well, so far that's gone a long way, but we don't have enough volunteers to do the things we want to do. So the volunteers that we have are working very hard. Um, we we could use uh, what what we could call a backbone organization, uh, funding for someone who would be on top of everything all day, building the relationships, uh, writing the grants, um, making the necessary connections. Uh, so far, all of that is being done voluntarily. Uh, we have a, a good partnership. We also publish, I should mention another uh, one of our signature um, and high-profile things, is our Green Zine. It's a free magazine. It's published in a run of about 5,000, and our volunteers distribute it um, to places like libraries, businesses, um, other places, and then volunteers just take it around. And uh, it's um, funded through the advertising. And I'll tell you a little coup uh, just this past couple of weeks. We have a car dealership, a Mitsubishi car dealership here in town. And it agreed to take up to $5,000 in our local currency towards the purchase of any car. And they oh. purchased the back page of advertising in our reason. So oh. that was a real boost to the profile of the local currency. Oh. Uh, and so, if so, with the exception of 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 money, what do you feel have been the key resources uh, in what you've been doing? What have been the resources you've been able to harness? Uh, one one of the key ones is our first banking agent for our uh, local currency, which is called the Kawartha Loon. Kawartha is the general name of this this area around here, and uh, it's not with a K. <laughs> And the, uh, one of our credit unions, the Peterborough Community Credit Union, um, handles our uh, local currency. We can go in there and exchange it for Canadian dollars, and they hold that Canadian dollar reserve for us. So that's been a local partnership of, of great importance. Um, the, the goodwill and in-kind contributions are huge and, and have gone a long way. For the publishing of the Green Zine, um, the chair of our board uh, publishes two other um, publications, and uh, we can use those resources for the publication of our reason. Um, and the, the, the core group, uh, in terms of the resources that that group has had around um, training or skills building or tools for reducing the risk of burnout? Has, has there been 
has there been much focus paid to the, the core group having the skills that feel it needs? Uh, for now, uh, we've been doing a lot with the skills that we have. These include the uh, salesmanship ability of, of Fred Irwin, who is a super closer, uh, uh, but his, uh, his, he could use more volunteers who have the ability to sell the idea and participation in our local currency. So far, um, we're upwards of 80 local businesses and services that will use the Colossum, but it's not yet reached that tipping point, you know, or the critical mass where it's caught on. All of uh, the core group, which probably number about 15 at this point, contribute what they can. Uh, for instance, um, when I'm out and about, I always have coarthaloons in my wallet, and if I'm making a purchase where they're not used, I uh, bring it out and I uh, explain it. But I'm not a salesperson. I, I can't go back the required four or five, six times to close that deal, as it were, to become a member of the coarthaloon exchange. And the membership is, is fairly nominal, $50 a year. Uh, so that's another source of funds, but that's not a lot. Um, we have uh, people who write, and those skills are used in the Green Zoom and elsewhere. Uh, on our website, there's the, uh, the paper explaining a strategic framework for local economic localization um, that required writing skills, and so volunteers do that. Um, we have a new volunteer, for instance, who's very good at uh, um, writing for uh, publication and is beginning, just beginning, to um, contribute her skills as a manager of volunteers, but we haven't gotten to a point of formalizing that. And you mentioned that there were other groups, other transition groups around where you are, but that people... No, there aren't. Kids. Oh, there aren't, okay. No. Well, I'll forget that question then. <laughs> um, and if you were thinking about uh, thinking ahead to being able to really scale up the impact of uh, of the group, what resources do you think, financial or otherwise, you would need in order to be able to make that happen? Um, let me use an example of another one of our initiatives, and perhaps we can get an answer to that this way. Besides the local currency, one of the things that Transition Town Peterborough is trying to bring forward is establishing what we call a public trust. Sorry, a public what? A public trust okay. as, as a vehicle for scaling up uh, local investment in localization. I'll, I'll take a moment to describe that. Um, the Canadian dollar reserve that will be built up as people exchange their money for the local currency will kind of be the catalyst or feed towards a much larger body dedicated to investing in local initiatives, for instance, in renewable energies, sourcing those, the manufacturing of those energies locally, um, creating a um, businesses, new new jobs out of that, investing in local business support or startup, for instance, using local loans. But the scale of that needs municipal investment. We have two levels of government here, city and county. 
And we have put together a proposal for a feasibility study to be funded by the local municipalities to investigate their participation in it using local taxes invested in it. Uh, for instance, uh, we need to investigate some of the legal implications of this for municipalities. We need to research um, what the, any restrictions are in the use of municipal tax dollars in such an initiative. And also, what are the priorities for that kind of investment? Um, we are trying to do that through uh, our membership, Transition Towns membership, in what's called the Community Sustainability Plan Coordinating Committee. In order to get our municipal share of our provincial gas tax, we needed to come up as a community with a comprehensive sustainability plan. That was done at some considerable expense, uh, both the local contribution and provincial and federal. We have three-tier government here. And groups in the community, businesses, um, volunteer groups, anybody can join that table of the sustainability plan. We joined as a very early member on the champion level, which is the highest level of membership, and I sit as the representative of Transition Town at that table. We brought forward the, the request for their support to take this feasibility study forward to our municipal council because this is a municipally sponsored committee and it hasn't gone anywhere yet. So uh, two of our volunteers are working at speaking with our individual city councillors, at least getting some introduction of the idea so that when and if we reach the stage of bringing this forward as a staff report to our local municipality, it will have some background interaction. So that's typical of the kind of work that volunteers have to do. And it's also representative of um, an example of scaling up to, to where we can get committed municipal involvement and investment in this. Um, we also work uh, at supporting local farmers and we also are involved and actually initiated a food study through that sustainable Peterborough table on scaling up uh, local production of food from 5% to 25%. And Transition Town uh, led that initiative and has a volunteer involved in that, namely Fred. So in May, you're traveling to um, uh, the Resilience uh, Alliance conference in Paris to present the work that's been happening uh, in Peterborough. What do you think that um, your experience and the experience of the wider transition movement has to contribute to those kind of discussions on resilience? The conference is in Montpellier in France, and uh, it's held, it's like it's about their fourth annual conference, and it draws together scientists, government people, grassroots people, and academics. Um, I didn't feel that as a volunteer I had anything to add to that, but I was convinced otherwise when we accepted the abstract that was presented. They do want to hear from people on the ground at the grassroots level, practitioners as it were. And what I hope to speak about is the experience of Transition Town um, in 
in giving in in getting the idea of resilience and transition understood in a mid-sized Canadian city. And they apparently want to hear about that, so I will speak from our experience, some of the things I've talked to you about. But the other thing that I hope to talk about, and I, I think that I'm safe in talking about that there, based on some presentations that were made at the previous conference, is to talk about um, the inner transition, the, the challenges of bringing forward what is really a change of worldview from our reliance on government or external funding or uh, the continued endless growth model of business. Uh, those, are, those are all deep value uh, and worldview transitions. We try to address that overtly in what we call our heart and soul events, but again, we need more volunteers to do that, but also to, to make it implicit in everything that we do, in the language that we use to describe why we have a local currency, why it's important to source your food more locally, and bring in the three great challenges uh, of climate change, the end of cheap fossil fuel, and economic contraction. And those have an effect on, on how we live, and how we live is, is, a, is a heart thing. It's a heart and soul thing, as well as a hard-headed business thing, you know? So um, that's one of our great challenges locally, is getting people to understand those three challenges and the impact it will have on local living. So my last question is, having been active doing transition now for some time in your community, what do you regard as being the most important resources that the community now has as a result of what you've been doing that it maybe didn't have before? Mm, good question. Um, well, our, our, our community has this committed core of volunteers um, who seem to be hanging in there and are taking the message of transition wherever they go. Um, we have this uh, high-profile Purple Onion Festival each September, which seems to attract more and more people every year. And in a very joyful, celebratory way, shows why transition is a good thing. Um, gradually, through the persistent requests to the city for funding or for things like attention to the public trust idea, we are spreading the idea of the challenges of climate change, people and economic contraction, and what can be done about it in a very positive and constructive way. The uh, local currency is attracting more and more attention. We're holding two events, one in March, a, a buy local, live local, where we get local businesses to exhibit and help spread the word. And then a dandelion day in May, where local alternative health practitioners, uh, and in both of those events, uh, any uh, entrance fee or any spending will be done in the local currency. Um, we have a meetup once a month. We're just uh, doing this for the third time at a local pub where anyone is welcome to come. And we have a long list of maybe, oh, I don't know, 3,000 emails where we spread this word. Um, 
we have the uh, interest of the business community in the form of that uh, local dealership, which is probably the highest profile businesses which, business which will accept Corinthians. But we have other businesses, and we know that they talk to each other, and they network. We were invited uh, a couple of weeks ago to a local business expo sponsored by our Chamber of Commerce. Um, we didn't have a lot of businesses coming up to us and saying, gee, tell us what Transition Town is all about, but at least we were there and we had profile. Um, it was perhaps a little discouraging to see how wedded to the endless growth model uh, business as usual style of business uh, our local community is. It's a fairly conservative community. Um, and this different model of doing business based on a local currency and wealth sharing rather than simply wealth accumulation is, is a challenge.